This is the RBR TVBR In Focus podcast. Here's your host, radio and television business report editor-in-chief, Adam R. Jacobson. Hello and welcome to the podcast, which is presented by .fm. Streaming, social, podcast, or broadcast, get a .fm domain name by heading over to get.fm today. And today we are focusing on the Communications and Technology Subcommittee hearing titled, Listen Here. Why Americans Value AM Radio. The hearing today was convened by the Communications and Technology Subcommittee Chair, Bob Latta, the Republican from Ohio, and was still going strong two and a half hours after its 10 a.m. start at the Rayburn House office building on Capitol Hill. Among the witnesses was Jerry Chapman. He is the president of Woof Boom Radio, which owns radio stations in Indiana and in Ohio, and Scott Schmidt, the vice president of safety policy for the Alliance for Automotive Innovation. That is an alliance that is aligned with car companies, some of which don't really think AM or even FM radio has a future in the in-dash audio entertainment system. Uh, Also on the panel witnesses at this congressional subcommittee hearing, Lieutenant Colonel Christopher DeMaze, the Homeland Security Branch Commander for New Jersey State Police. We begin the podcast with witness testimony from Jerry Chapman. Good morning. My name is Jay Chapman. I am the president and owner of Wolf Boom Radio. We operate 12 radio stations serving Indiana and Ohio. Three of those radio stations are AM radio stations. In Lima, it's WCIT. In Anderson, it is WHBU. And in Muncie, it's WMUN. I also appreciate the opportunity to testify on behalf of the National Association of Broadcasters and more than 6,400 local television and radio stations that provide free and valuable service to our hometowns every day. I'd like to take a quick moment and share a personal story about the role of AM in times of a crisis. In June of 2009, I was the general manager of a group of radio stations in Rockford, Illinois. I was returning home that evening with our 11-year-old daughter, and she looked to the sky to the south, and she saw a glow. The um, the few minutes earlier before that, a train, a Canadian national train going through a suburb in southern Rockford had derailed. It was uh, a train carrying 2 million gallons of ethanol at the time. 19 of the cars derailed, some of those cars leaked, and there was a fire that resulted quickly after that. That fire uh, ensnared the cars at a crossing that was right by that, and quickly people were injured, and unfortunately that day a life was lost. Within minutes of that derailment, our radio station started broadcasting news of it to the community and telling people what they needed to do. We worked closely with local officials to coordinate a response and direct people to safety. It was our AM radio station that night, WNTA in Rockford, Illinois, that got people to safety and explained what they needed to do that evening. As bad as it was, if it was not for the emergency management officials that night, working with everybody throughout that area, it would have uh, been much more tragic. I can tell you that AM radio that evening played a very important role in doing something that a cell phone delivering a text message cannot do at that time. 
AM Radio Explains gives fabric and understanding to an emergency situation. The AM radio stations also play a central, central role in our emergency alert system. The vast majority of the AM radio station or the PEP stations, which are the primary entry point, which fires at the beginning of a presidential alert are AM radio stations. These stations have been selected because many of them have a coverage area of some 700 miles. AM radio stations also penetrate solid objects like mountains. FEMA has invested millions to make these stations withstand natural disasters and acts of terrorism. But the stations themselves are responsible in those moments for operating in times of crisis. A car is oftentimes the only source of power and news during an emergency. People depend on that. Unlike the internet and cell phones, which oftentimes go down in a moment of crisis, the AM radio stations and radio in general stays up during that. Despite AM's critical role, some of the automakers have removed it from electric vehicles, and there are also discussions to remove it from internal combustion cars. Broadcasters want to thank Chairman Latta and Representative Greg Pence and multiple members of this subcommittee for sending a letter to the automakers signaling the importance. Local broadcasters were also pleased as a result of this letter that Ford announced a decision to reverse its course. We applaud that decision. A bipartisan bill has also been introduced. And like other safety requirements, the AM Radio for Every Vehicle Act would preserve AM radio in cars by requiring the Transportation Secretary to issue a rule under which motor vehicles would be required to include a device that can receive AM radio. Broadcasters, of course, support this legislation. In conclusion, this is not a zero-sum game. We can protect Americans the way we always have with the dependable system of the EAS that works in times of emergency. We also can protect the interference to electronics and the occupants of cars as automakers have done for many years. This moment right now is too important not to take this action. That was the opening testimony from Jay Chapman, a.k.a. Jerry Chapman, president of Wolf Boom Radio at the June 6th Communications and Technology Subcommittee hearing on the value of AM radio. At this point, the subcommittee chairman, Bob Latta, the Republican of Ohio, asked questions to Scott Schmidt, the vice president of safety policy for the Alliance of Automotive Innovation, on his view of AM radio. One of my concerns is how little notice has been given to consumers about the removal of AM radios and vehicles. Some companies claim to have announced the phase out of AM radios, but we've also heard reports that consumers are not aware that their new car doesn't have AM radio until after they've left the auto lot. In fact, the dealership in my district even told me that they had no idea about the change. And I'm, uh, I also want to say uh, thanks to Ford for its uh, change of uh, saying that the AM radio will be put back in their vehicles and also being able to be downloaded in vehicles that are already off the line or in heavens uh, so to consumers. Mr. Schmidt, excuse me, should vehicle manufacturers be responsible to alert consumers when AM radio, a critical safety function of the vehicle, is not included in a model before it's purchased? Can you repeat that a little louder? I did have a hard time. Uh, Should vehicle manufacturers be responsible to alert consumers when AM radio, a critical safety function in the vehicle, is not included in that model before it's purchased? 
Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I cannot comment on individual what manufacturers can do, but I can certainly reinforce the fact that our members view um, that there are more options for delivering content and alerts now in vehicles than there ever were, and that we are committed to providing these alerts free of charge to our, our customers through those vehicles. Um, Thank you. Bob Latta then asked a question to Mr. Chapman regarding the removal of AM radio. Mr. Chapman, how do you uh, how do you think the removal of AM radios from your car from cars will lessen the reach and local impact of your broadcast channel? Chairman Latta, thank you for that question. Uh, it will absolutely uh, impact our reach in a significant way. Most of the radio listening is done in the car. Um, this is a, a business concern uh, for uh, many of our businesses in, uh, say, Delphus. Uh, we have uh, people that were the primary source of advertising for them, so they come to us to, use, to, to move their products. Um, so there's obviously a business reason for us, but there's a business reason for the community. And in addition to that, uh, if AM radio is not in cars, it's the primary point uh, that begins the alert system. So it's a safety issue too. People won't be able to hear the alerts the way the EAS system is set up. I know it's a little bit early for me for everything to be uh, noticed out there with the change, but have uh, you noticed a change in listenership right now in your station or stations? So, Chairman, at this point, uh, it's very early in the process. We have not seen changes, but I can tell you it will be significant because the radio is the primary entry point for people listening to it, and that's where people consume most of the radio. And so uh, if it's not in the car, it would be a significant issue for people hearing alerts or hearing news from local businesses. Well, let me follow up. Uh, we hear from many uh, auto manufacturers about how streaming AM radio is the future and there will no longer be a need for an analog or HD AM radio. What are your thoughts on that characterization? So, uh, for example, all of the Wolf Boom stations stream, but I can also tell you that streaming is uh, part of our future, but it's not all of our future. Uh, as uh, consumers listen to the stream, they might be hearing in an area that is far off. And so if they're hearing that stream, they're not getting EAS alerts for the area that are important, uh, that is the area of where they're actually residing at the time. And so uh, one of our concerns, if it's only streaming, we are still uh, running outside of the structure of the EAS system. EAS works with AM radio because AM radio can work in times where the power has gone away uh, AM radio can work in times of disaster, whether they are hurricanes or tornadoes. And uh, if a station is streaming, it is delivered over the internet, and which is dependent on the power grid and also uh, other factors when cell networks go down. This is all part of streaming. So it is not a substitute for what we have, which is our primary uh, delivery system. Well, thank you. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, let me ask in my last 25 seconds here, when you do your planning, because years ago when I was a county commissioner with our emergency management, we always have planning sessions. Do you plan for if the internet goes down, what happens then in your communications? I'm sorry, you got about 12 seconds left. Absolutely, sir. We have to plan for every contingency because Murphy's Law is governing much of our business and uh, failure of those networks is anticipated.
There was a lot more to discuss at this congressional subcommittee hearing, and we have extensive details on what else was said on our cover story on Tuesday, June the 6th at rbr.com. With that, we want to thank you for listening to this In Focus podcast presented by .fm, streaming, social, podcast, or broadcast. Get a .fm domain name by heading over to get.fm today. From Boca Raton, Florida, headquarters of Streamline Publishing's Radio Inc. and the Radio and Television Business Report, I'm Adam R. Jacobson. Have a great day. <laughs>